What's up, everybody? Actually, adding this note well after production, probably about six weeks afterward. So uh, originally, and this is if you've listened to this episode before, this one had analysis on both Amen and Asar Thompson. I uh, decided to remove the Asar portion because I actually recorded another episode. This is episode 154 about Asar. I uh, had some thoughts change about him and felt like I had been a little bit too hard on him in this episode and just wanted to give uh, another prospectus with more focus on what his positive qualities are. So in case you're wondering where that went and why this episode references both Thompson brothers at the beginning, but only talks about a men, that is why. And you can find my analysis of Asar in that newer episode. So without further ado, if you're listening to this episode to learn more about a men Thompson, let's get to it. everybody you're listening to another episode of drive into the basket i am mike your host here today with uh you might remember him from last year's draft coverage my buddy price pleasure to have you on the show thanks for having me i'm excited to be here yeah absolutely well this is uh, gonna be the first episode of draft coverage so the draft lottery is about a month away it's on may the 16th so uh i believe exactly four weeks away <clears throat> so uh, excuse me still fighting off an illness here so uh, today we're going to talk about the Thompson twins, and uh, there's definitely some some good, some bad, and I would say the first thing about them that I think just absolutely needs to be said is they play in they played in a Mickey Mouse league, which I really resent because <laughs> it just <laughs> deprived us of a lot of data. Oh yeah, it's yeah. uh yeah, just uh, real quick here um, for those who aren't aware, Overtime Elite is played on a NBA sized court, but that's about where the similarities uh, begin and end. Um, The it's very transition focused. It, it has weird players that should be in college or high school that aren't. Um, It's very transition focused. It's just uh, incredibly different to watch. Yeah, absolutely. You got to love the team names too. You know, the city reapers, the dreamer, (laughs) Holy Rams, cold hearts. And then, you know, two pretty typical ones, the the Bruins and the Falcons. But it's kind of a joke of a league. And they decided to go there because uh, I can only assume because this was just going to be an easy bet. They felt like they were going to get drafted anyway, pretty high in the draft. And that has turned out, you know, is going to turn out to be accurate. They're both absolutely going to go in the top 10, barring something catastrophic happening between now and then. Mm-hmm. But it's basically very difficult to evaluate them, I feel like, because it's a huge step below the NCAA. It's, of course, a giant step behind the, you know, below the G League Ignite. And it's like bad data, inflated stats. They were butchering really bad opposition. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it bugs me. I almost resent them for it. Huh. And it's also important to remember they also struggled against really poor competition at times, too. So that's something to to kind of be considering while we're talking is that it wasn't always so pretty for them, even though they were clearly the best players on the court. Yeah, definitely. So it's entirely possible that their flaws will be magnified and their upsides will be less. There are certain upsides that I feel will translate. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, let's talk about it. So mm-hmm. Amon Thompson, uh, he is a guard, point guard, shooting guard, six foot seven. Uh, he's got a slightly shorter wingspan than his identical twin brother, six foot nine. He, too, is, is a little bit lighter. He's closer to 200, 20 and a half at the time of the draft. His stats, 16 and a half points, six rebounds, six assists, 2.5 steals, one block, three turnovers. 
with drastically better shooting splits. 50, uh, 56 and a half, 25, of course, is not quite as good from three-point range. And his free throw percentage sucks too, 65 and a half. But his true shooting, 61 and a half, close to a 60% effective field goal percentage. I would just rank him as a drastically better prospect than his brother. Yes. Yeah. And as far as we were talking athleticism with Osar, we described him as very good. I would say Amen is elite at the NBA level. Utterly elite in in every regard. Amen is very close to a one-of-one athlete at the wing position. Yeah. Just in terms of every aspect of his athleticism. His first step is fantastic. His leaping ability is amazing. He's got great body control. I mean, there's just nothing not to like about his athleticism. Like everything is better than his brother by by substantial margin. You know, I would say the only area in which also comes close is the verticality. But even then, I mean, Amen's ability to elevate, like fast twitch elevate, is is really something. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of like a bigger, in terms of just athleticism, bigger Jalen Green with the hang time, the body control, the first step, the not, and the lateral quickness is something that's really, really special with him. Because he's not just good with that like suddenness at the first step. He's his second, third, fourth steps are just as like elite. He floats around the court. It's it's actually really cool to watch him. Yeah, great agility. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. So it it provides much the same or more than it does for also really like uh, the rebounding. He isn't quite as good. I mean, he's not as well built as also. I feel I feel like yeah. he's noticeably thinner. Yep. But it's, I mean, yeah. Sorry, yeah, just real quick. That's the only uh, thing Asar has over Amen at all right now is the strength component. Mm-hmm. He's he's a little bit bigger. You you mentioned the wingspan. The frame's just a little bit bigger. He's more built. But yeah. otherwise, I mean, Amen is is a ridiculous athlete. Yeah, he's just a drastically better prospect in my opinion. I mean, he has a similar weakness when it comes to shooting. We'll talk about that. Yep. So as far as his athleticism, what that enables him to do, I mean, he is a, a very strong vertical spacer. Mm-hmm. He is a strong cutter. He can blaze across the floor in transition. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really something to watch. It's, even when it comes to attacking the basket, of course, I mean, he can get up to top speed real fast and elevate real high. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of um, uh, Jay Nivey in terms of just, oh, yeah, he's going to get paint touches kind of at will at the next level. Yeah. But just a lot better verticality than Ivy. Oh, yeah. And also just the body control. Ivy doesn't really have the body control and, and the verticality. I mean, he's an incredible fast twitch athlete. Absolutely. Probably a little bit better than Amen in terms of his, his just first step and ability to accelerate, but not by much. But just the ability to sky at the rim is really helpful in terms of attacking the basket. And just his body control, both on the drive and in the air, I feel like is something else. That that's kind of the real selling point to me, and we'll get into the offense more specifically in a bit. But it's he he can sort of open up space and lanes that other humans are incapable of, and it's going to be awesome to watch when he gets to the NBA. Yeah, definitely. I really love his ability to contort his body and change his shot in midair at the rim. I mean, that I feel like is really impressive for a guy. You know, really impressive, even by NBA standards, for a guy who has, when you couple that with his first step and his leaping ability, like, I don't want to bring Westbrook into the picture because, you know, Westbrook really has his issues. He was one of my favorite players back in, like, 2016. Unfortunately, as time went on, I became more and more aware of what a, a self-centered a stat better he is. And then just, yeah. uh, you know, the ceiling he inevitably puts on any team for which he is the primary handler. But you look at him, and, and it, they're not similar in every way, 
and Westbrook doesn't really have that sort of body control, but just the the ability to sky and spend that much time in the air, and you couple that with his ability to change his shot and contort his body, that's very impressive. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm trying. I, I didn't really think of an NBA comp in that respect. Yeah, if you had to think in terms of players who have the ability to do that, uh, whom would you think of? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, the Pistons fan in me wants to say there's a bit of Grant Hill in him. Hmm. So that's that's who I go to, and I think of his comp. Um, it's it's really high end. We're talking like he's one of the better athletes to come out of the draft in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of trying and failing to think of anybody comparable at the NBA level who has those characteristics. You know, like maybe you could argue Donovan Mitchell. Maybe though, Donovan's <laughs> nowhere near as good of an as good of a leaper off the drive as Amen is. And Amen's so big. Yeah. That's Donovan the, Mitchell's that's the other thing. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell's six two, I think, by um by without shoe standards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but goodness, I'm just going down uh, I'm just going down the list here. You know, not Anthony Edwards. Because Anthony Edwards is uh I mean, leaving aside his atrocious performance in the play ins in the playoffs so far. <laughs> uh he, he might be injured. I mean Anthony Edwards can just sky an incredible amount and he's a tank. I mean he can run right into somebody and is not gonna alter his shot at all. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm trying and failing to think of anybody with those characteristics in the NBA. Jalen Green can sky the same way, but the ability to to alter his shot in midair. Yeah. So whatever the case, yeah, it's it's just super impressive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it makes him very strong off the drive. He's got great touch at the rim too. Oh, that's that's the other thing is that um, I've been thinking about with him a while is that it it might be almost impossible to to guard him when he actually gets underneath the basket because he can contort his body in such unusual ways and get up shots that don't even seem possible or real. So he can be in and amongst the trees, if you will. And somehow that, that ball, you know, kisses the glass just right. And, you know, he sinks the shot. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just, he's just great. A great touch. Yeah. And, his handle is also quite good. I mean, it is an impressive handle, far better than Nalso's. Oh, oh, it's not even comparable. Yeah. Yeah, and that handle also, he can handle the ball at, at high speed too, at very high speed. You know, you couple that with his agility. I mean, his ability to change directions. And it's it's very impressive, definitely. And he's just also one of those jumbo playmakers that every team craves. And let's talk about his passing. Yeah. Uh, just, I think it's... Um... He has similar uh, strength as a um, like as a connective tissue passer as Asar does, but far far better on the ball, like creating shots for others. Um, the upside with him being a lead ball handler is real. Um, yeah, it, the handle's good. the The ability to just penetrate and and kick out, I think, is going to translate to some level. Um, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk about the shooting and how that impacts things later, but at least in in that isolated situation, he's going to make things easy for guys he's playing with. Yeah, definitely. Even without a shot, I feel like he's going to draw a significant amount of gravity on the way to the rim just because of his athleticism and his ability to score there. And I feel like he'll he'll be able to take advantage of that to set up teammates. I mean, I, I don't really have much doubt on him in that capacity. And, uh, you know, overall, it's like, you know, this is obviously like a huge if, and it's almost pointless saying this. It's like, oh, he's only a shot away from becoming like a potentially elite player. 
I mean, that's that's just, I mean, we'll talk about his shot in yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. Now, when it comes to defense, I feel like he's not quite as strong as Osar. I would say that um, it's one of those things where I think right now he isn't quite the defender Osar is, but the athletic tools are better. And you would think that maybe with a little more strength, he could actually turn into a real defensive weapon Mm -hmm. um, on that end. Uh, I think the ultimate upside, honestly, is if he could be like a real weak side rim protector as the three or whatever positionless basketball he ends up playing in in the NBA mm-hmm. because the verticality, the ability to, to anticipate where the ball is going to be in the air, um, that's going to translate, um, get, get stronger, obviously, um, so that way he can handle bigger assignments. Um, the hips are, are really good. So I think there's a lot of foundational skills that, um, make me higher on his defensive potential, although I think Usar is coming in with a higher floor, if that makes sense. Yeah, as a defender, I wonder, they, I mean, they are identical twins, but I wonder if they just are a little bit different in terms of frame because they're not all that different in terms of weight, and who knows? I mean, body comp can always be different. Yeah. But I feel like Usar is just stronger in the core. Yeah. And I also feel like, despite the, the better athleticism that Amen has, I think that he's not quite as laterally mobile on defense, and, and that makes it, for him, a little bit harder to stick. I mean, his, his verticality is great for contesting shots oh, yeah. and blocking shots, though, with, without a doubt. Yeah, I, th- I think that there is... Um, he's a very unique defensive chess piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree that the, the lateral ability isn't quite there, but he also plays a lot more on the ball than Asar, so he might just not have the legs... Mm-hmm. on defense if you know what i mean like asar has always been kind of more of that secondary guy um when they've shared the court together as they have for a lot of their careers so far so i don't know yeah his legs just don't seem particularly strong in general when you look at <laughs> at times at him trying to shoot the ball yeah and i recall uh, i believe i don't i think the friend told me this i'm not sure if this quote is accurate but i think it is i would imagine so He's a, he's a trustworthy source that uh, that Lonzo said at one point. I mean, when he came into the NBA, when he was a rookie, he was so lacking in strength that his three-point shot was basically like him throwing the ball at the basket. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows? Maybe it, it's, it's just, you know, strengthening that lower body. So let's move to the cons on offense. And yeah. obviously, number one, he sucks at shooting. Oh, my I feel God. Like, yeah. I feel like his form is not quite as ugly as, as All-Stars, but it's still quite bad. Bad percentage on low volume. Yeah, I... I think that there's just not a great foundation in any regard, whereas I'm a little less concerned about Asar's upper half. Uh, with Amen, it's kind of like the, it doesn't seem like he's a natural shooter at all, and that, that comes across in the shooting splits. It, it doesn't look like something he does um, or is comfortable with. He takes barely takes any threes at all, mm-hmm. and when he does, he generally doesn't hit them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like the bricks are quite as bad, but yeah, the shot is bad. The lower body is definitely bad. I don't think the upper body is quite as bad, but it's bad. Yeah, it's not pretty at, yeah. at all. And it, I think uh, when we talk about upside, if he gets a shot, it's kind of like the whole Giannis. If Giannis had a shot, um, he'd be the best player ever, maybe. Oh, um, yeah, he'd be in conversation for GOAT, without a doubt. 
Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It, and Amen isn't quite like a Giannis level talent, obviously, but mm-hmm. Amen with a shot is potential MVP candidate for multi multiple years. It it would be it'd be very, very difficult for him to be guarded. Yeah, I'd be very I absolutely agree. I'm not sure if we'll get to the point of a lead playmaker. That yeah. he'd be very good. And like it's just yes, he has so far to go, you know, as as a three point shooter. And I mean, pull up mid range. Most guys aren't going to have that, but it's definitely ugly there too, without a doubt. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And and again, just like with Osar, the free throw percentage sucks. Yeah, which is just another warning sign. They both suck from the free throw line. And just again, even for a player with his athleticism, being unable to shoot is kind of a crippling weakness. Not so much as it is for Osar, but it's going to limit you drastically in terms of your effectiveness. Yeah, on offense. I mean, NBA teams are going to punish that pretty harshly. You sag off, you go under screens, and he'll have a much easier time of still scoring than a star. But especially if you want him to be an off good off ball player alongside the other ball handlers, you know, alongside any other ball handlers. I mean, yeah, he's just off ball right now. He has very little utility beside you know beyond cutting and catching lobs. Yeah, that's um, the that that you wonder about the translatability of a lot of that when teams you know are just more athletic more capable of you know guarding him one-on-one um you wonder how much that's going to affect his ability as a passer and ability as a rim pressurer i know that that's that's going to be there but you wonder if it's going to ultimately limit his impact if he has to be such a non-shooter yeah i agree i don't feel like he's going to be a sort of john morant john is a guy who like he was shooting decently well on pull-ups at one point last season. Uh, yeah. You know, 2021, 2022. And I was like, okay, this guy's going to be unstoppable because of John Morant. I mean, if if you can't sag off of John Morant, then you're finished. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're finished probably anyway. But yeah, I don't think there, there aren't many guys like that in the league. There are very, very mm-hmm. few guys like that in the league. For You know, and he's not like a terrible three-point shooter. But I, I don't see Osar being kind of quite that guy. And yeah, so I agree it'll be limited. I mean, it'll be limiting. I don't think it'd be anywhere near as limiting as it will be for a star. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's basically just a driver at this point. And you can't really do that at the NBA, at the NBA level. Again, unless again, you have a team built around you. And I wouldn't rank him as kind of a Giannis. That's pretty Unfair. rare. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like, even Giannis, it's just to, just to highlight how being a bad perimeter shooter as a perimeter player can be exploited. Even Giannis in the postseason has to have four shooters around him. Right. That's yeah. a, a critical part of the infrastructure built around the Bucks right now is that they are loaded with shooters because their primary guy can't space the floor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've seen it really hurt the Bucks in the past, especially when, I mean, there, there have been times like in 2020, for example, I think in really 2019 also, like his supporting cast just died. I'm not sure. I don't remember if Bledsoe was on the team in 2020 and definitely in 2019, he was a major problem because the fact that he couldn't shoot meant that they had three shooters on the floor. And so Toronto was just really free to throw at least two of those long defenders at him. And that's what ultimately lost the Bucks the series after they were down to nothing. But with any player, it's like you can't shoot threes. Number one, you can't shoot threes. That's a high percentage form of offense. Number two, you cannot be a play finisher on the perimeter. So you Mm -hmm. can't participate in that offense. Uh, number three, you can't space the floor, so they just sag off of you. It makes life more difficult for everybody else. And it, your utility off the ball is very limited, and, and so on and so forth. It's just a horrible weakness in the NBA these days. Yeah. So uh, just the final con, he's somewhat turnover prone. He doesn't get himself into, I feel like, the same bad situations as Osar. 
There's just a certain, I feel like, sort of rawness as a decision maker. But I feel like that's something that's correctable. I feel like that's something you can grow out of. Yeah, I, th- I think you, you want um, almost at this stage guys to maybe have more turnovers. That way they're getting more tape on seeing what works and what doesn't work because the, the offensive com- brain that he has is really good. So give, giving him that sort of exposure, putting him in these situations, I think is actually going to just help him um, to sort of iron out that decision-making, see how defenses are anticipating where the pass is going to go, how they're going to guard him. I think that there's a lot of potential actually for him to be a very, very good passer. He's not quite a jaw level passer, but it with his size, it, it kind of puts him in that realm of, okay, this there's something here. Yeah. Be nice to see you over, guys. That's a helpful skill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And as opposed to Osar, I feel like it's just his ceiling as a passer is high enough that just being a little bit turnover prone is acceptable. There are definitely some very good passers in the NBA who are somewhat turnover prone. Yeah. Yeah. And if we just move to the cons on defense now, so what do you think about his defensive awareness? Do you have any question marks in that area? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely wonder um, at times if he's kind of like a Thibault-esque player where it's he hedges all the, all the time on the, the home run. Um, part of that is definitely overtime elite is very, very like transition oriented. So they probably are coached that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have some concerns about him being a bit jumpy, if you will. Yeah, I feel like Asara's defensive awareness is very solid. I'm not quite sure that's the case with Amen because, you know, and that just is going to limit his defensive ceiling, I feel like. I'm not sure if that's something that's necessarily correctable. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where um, I think he could be a very good defender. And as, as I said, the ceiling is very high, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the downside is that I think he has longer or far, farther to go to sort of get there. And that's kind of the theme with Amen. Yeah, I'm, I just get the feeling with him that it's, I don't think he's going to be a bad defender. But I think that defensive IQ is going to limit his, his defensive ceiling in a way that it won't for Osar. And yeah, but I, I think he can still be solid, maybe even above average. And if he can get his offense together, again, it's big if. I mean, yeah. you're happy. You're happy with solid. Yeah. So let's talk fit. And Osar, mm-hmm. we just, you know, we said <laughs> he's just going to be a bad fit on any team at this point. And when you're thinking about Amen, I mean, you've got to think about Caden Ivy. Yeah. It's it's tough, you know, because on the one hand, um, we really need an athletic wing of any variety um, who can who has upside defensively. That seems like a it's a need. Troy Weaver has talked about in mm-hmm. his end of season presser. It's pretty obvious, like what direction we're gonna head in the somewhere in the off season, be it draft, free agency, or trade. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand. Uh, you wonder he's very he's going to need the ball a lot in order to be at all a plus on offense, and we already have um, in this situation where he's a potential draft pick. Um, we already have two ball handlers and yeah. two probably su- just overall superior offensive um, weapons in Caden and Ivy. So mm-hmm. 
it's a little hazy for me at this moment if he's quite the fit. Um, I think he he kind of needs an infrastructure around him and just really, really coached up. Yeah, it's interesting because what's interesting for me, or at least this is how I feel, when it comes to Scoot, I feel almost unhesitatingly that you just take the risk. You just draft him. Then if it doesn't work out between the three of them, you trade one of them. I don't have quite that feeling, despite all the positive things I've said about, hey, man, I don't have quite the same feeling as I do about that with Scoot. Hmm. I I have similar concerns with Scoot. Um, not, not to, I think Scoot's the superior prospect, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, in general, I think that the fit is still a little concerning, mm-hmm. and you just kind of hope that somehow talent and uh, sharpens talent and that they're going to elevate each other. And if it doesn't work, you trade the worst of the three. Yeah. Uh, Scoot's definitely a a subject for another episode. Yep. So yeah, there's a lot to say about that guy. Oh, so yeah. let's talk upside. I mean, I, I think we've already, we've already talked about it. I mean, if you can get it together as a good shooter, particularly a pull up three point shooter, then really the sky's the limit. I mean, it could be an absolutely elite talent. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in it, the the 99% outcome for him is top five player in the league. If with the the creativity around the rim, the passing, the athleticism, the ability to be a solid to plus or even high end defender, um, mm-hmm. if if the shooting or any kind of mid range game develops, um, it. it whatever the case may be where he can be a threat from multiple levels with his own shot mm-hmm. then uh you're looking at a guy who is going to routinely be in all nba conversation all-star games galore um and potentially mvp talks yeah yeah the upside's really uh, absolutely there and his floor i mean this is where it, this is <laughs> where it gets a little bit interesting so he's good enough off the drive that I feel like he's not going to flunk out of the league if he can't shoot. But, I mean, his upside will be drastically lower. Uh, you know, as and it's like he's a player that teams, I feel like, when I say he won't flunk out of the league, I feel like teams will con- just continue for a long time to take chances on him. Like, maybe he'll improve his shooting. Maybe he'll improve his shooting. And it's just the upside's so high that teams aren't going to just give up on him after, you know, usually it's about six seasons for players who can't shoot. You know, that's uh, like you just, you get, after, assuming you played through the whole rookie contract, you get, a year or two after that. But I feel like Amen would be in, in the league for a long time just because teams would be like, you know, if we can just get shooting, then we've got so much here. Yeah, it's it's kind of the thing where he could be a really solid um, off-the-bench scorer um, with enough offensive development. Maybe that's like kind of the lower-end outcome for him, whereas his brother, the lower-end outcome is out of the league in China, whereas his is like, oh, he's going to be a really fun guy who comes in, gets a lot of crazy buckets, you know, sky's the limit with how high he can jump um, off one foot, two feet, etc. Like, he's going to be able to put up some highlight reel points, but you'd be like, why isn't he a star? Oh, well, look at the look at the efficiency. Look at the numbers. Yeah, probably a guy was coming off the, or it was playing for a bad team, because you're going to have difficulty fielding him in the playoffs. Yeah, that's he. He could be like a real all star for like a playing team. Yeah, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, a guy like that. Even if you put four shooters around him, 
Uh, I, I just don't. I don't think he's at that point if he can't shoot. I mean, there are very, 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 very few guys who are who are worth constructing an offense around who can't shoot. So yeah, I, I feel like yeah, he'd just be that guy who kind of stuck is just uh, you know on a, on a bad team, maybe a yeah. mediocre team. The defense would have to, um, I think, really, really climb in a way that's a little more unlikely to see. Like if you squint, you can see it, but that's kind of what you, the trade-off with Giannis is that you're getting such a two-way two-way threat yeah. that you can justify building the offense around him. Whereas well, with yeah with Amen, the the defense might not be quite there to the point where you can justify like like the two-way potential well with Giannis I mean he's so unique as in terms of his touch his size I mean just the combination of everything he puts together I mean he's an amazing scorer even without being able to shoot it's just when he gets to the playoffs you gotta have the shooters around him otherwise he's he's gonna have major issues so but the defense of course is there too I mean he's also one of the greatest interior health defenders of all time Mm -hmm. but even on offense I mean I feel like there are very very few players who are worth building around that way I mean he's just he's such an overpowering scorer even without the ability to shoot so yeah, yeah. I feel like without a shot, yeah, I'd say Amen ceiling is probably like decently high usage guy in a bad team. Like even even if his defense really improves, just because the players get punished so much for not being able to shoot perimeter players. Yeah, true. So, uh, where would he be for you if you had to if you had to give him a ranking right now? For me, um, I'm a little lower on him for a lot of the negatives we talked about. So he's in that um, like at the the top end for me he's a five like fifth overall kind of guy but really more in that six to seven to eight range is where i'd feel i start feeling really comfortable kind of that chain sharp like mystery box lottery ticket type Mm -hmm. range yeah i'd put him fifth you know the if the pistons didn't have kate and ivy i'd put him higher there are just so much there's so much in the way of questions about his shot that did not exist obviously with kate and that weren't I think for either of us, anywhere near as pronounced, but Ivy. I mean, Ivy, it was like, can he be consistent? And with, yeah. you know, and with Amen, it's like, there's a lot. <laughs> Basically, everything is wrong. It's just <laughs> like with Asar. I mean, you're a bad shooter. Uh, your form is bad. Your free throw percentage is bad. Your bricks aren't as bad as Asar's, but they're still there. So that that really drops him in my books. Also, I'm really liking Cam Whitmore at this point. He's yeah. probably whom I'd have had at fourth at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Cam Whitmore Whitmore fan. Um, there there's very different players, obviously, but um, I'm more confident that he can be an effective piece of an offense, even if it doesn't revolve around him. Whereas with uh, Amen, he needs to get touches with the ball in order to be at his most effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can't shoot, obviously, that's a big problem. Yeah, so. Uh, in any case, so that is going to be it for this episode. Price, thank you again for coming on to the show. Draft coverage is going to continue, needless to say. So, as always, folks, I want to thank you for listening. Catch you in the next episode. <laughs>